0: We'll be reading from John chapter 10. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. If you read through the book of John, you'll notice a pattern if you look close at details. John presents seven statements mentioned by Jesus Christ that begin with the words, I am. John was, of course, wanting to tell the world who Jesus Christ was. He wrote this uh, book, of course, quite some time after the ascension and quite some time after the church had gotten its start. So he wanted to be sure that the world knew without a doubt who Jesus Christ is. So he mentions seven I am statements in his book. And it's one of these that we look at. Uh, This morning in the book of John, chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. They do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration. They did not understand the things he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. They may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life For the sheep. But the hireling, who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. And of the sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring that they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down And I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. Many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word we thank you for showing us who Jesus is very plainly. Thank you, Father, for presenting Jesus in pictures that we could understand. We ask, as we look at this passage of Scripture, show us who Jesus is and show us where we are in our lives with you. There's any need for decision or commitment, we ask that would be made today that we can leave here knowing we are listening to the voice of the shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I know we have chapter divisions uh, throughout the Bible, and a lot of times we are prone, of course, just for convenience sake, to take uh, passages of Scripture a chapter at a time. A couple of weeks ago we looked at the man who was born blind that was healed by Jesus. This is actually a continuation of the same event. No time passed between chapter 9 and chapter 10, and the two are connected together because if you realize, they were asking about, why is he saying these things? Why is he claiming the things that he's claiming? And some said, oh, he has a demon, and then the other said, no, no, no. Can one who has a demon open the eyes of the blind? They were referring back to chapter 9. All this happened at the same time, and they are connected if you look close at what we'll be looking at, first of all, Jesus wants to let the folks know who He is, who He is. And one of the I Am statements, He gives a familiar image to communicate His offer of salvation. Every town and every village, there were people, many of them, that were involved in raising sheep. Not everybody. But in every town, in every village, there was a communal fold. And what would happen is the shepherds of the area would let their sheep out to their various pastures all around the town or the village. And at night, they would all come in, and every town and every village had a community fold. Now, the fold was a corral, a corral that they would bring the sheep into for safety. In a town or a village, a lot of times it was constructed out of wood or stone. It was high walls with one opening in the front of it. They would typically hire a doorkeeper or a gatekeeper, and you saw Jesus refer to that. And they would bring those sheep in every night, and the sheep would be safe in the fold. And every morning about daylight, the various shepherds would come. And the shepherds would come, and all these different sheep were in the fold of, of a lot of different shepherds. And the shepherd would come, and every shepherd had a distinctive call. It might be a whistle, might be a yelp, might be something else. And when that shepherd came to the door of the fold and issued his call, every one of his sheep and only his sheep would turn around and leave the fold with the shepherd. Then the other shepherd would come, and his sheep would come, and leave the fold with that shepherd. So when Jesus was talking about the fold, and the shepherd, and the door, and the sheep hearing his voice, even people that didn't raise sheep knew about this. What Jesus was trying to do is give them a familiar picture so they could relate to exactly who he is. And as he talked about being the door of the fold, it was something they were familiar with. We have to kind of do a little history lesson to get the picture, but they were familiar with that. When he talked about his being the shepherd and the sheep here, they'd seen all that in action. Now, most of us have not seen that in action. But if you read through the scripture and see the picture, you realize, oh, yeah, that's a, a wonderful picture. His listeners knew this setting well, so they got the picture immediately. But... Jesus just didn't use a familiar picture to tell the folks who he is, although he did a lot of this through parables. In this instant, he was using a biblical image to proclaim who he is. You see, there are over 17 references in the Old Testament as God being the shepherd. We know that. I'm just going to just give you two of them. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And the whole Psalm talks about the care of the shepherd for the sheep. The 100th Psalm, we're the sheep of his pasture. And so people knew when you talked about God, one of the most familiar images biblically that people have of God was God being the shepherd. And when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he was saying a lot to these people because not only did scriptures speak of God being the shepherd, but scriptures also foretold that the coming Messiah would be the shepherd. The passage of scripture I referred to is in Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter thirty four, verse twenty three. Ezekiel chapter thirty four, verse twenty three. God says, and of course Ezekiel is looking forward to the coming of the Messiah and to make things clear, he said this, I will establish one shepherd over them, and he will feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. I, and I the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I the Lord have spoken. Well, David was already passed away many generations before but they knew when he speaks of David, he's speaking of somebody from the lineage of David, somebody from the royal family of David. And when he talks about the Messiah, he said, I will establish one shepherd over them. One page over is so in chapter 37, verse 24, David, my servant, will be king over them. They shall have one shepherd, one shepherd. Later on in the book of Micah chapter 5. It says, My shepherd, uh, my son will stand and feed my people. In other words, feed there means uh, shepherd, the original language. Now, quite interesting. This passage of scripture comes two verses after the Bible predicted, Though thou, Bethlehem, are small among the towns of Judah, Out of you will come the Messiah, and he'll stand and shepherd my people Israel. Now, folks were familiar with this because if you remember when the wise men came from the east 30 years or so before and said, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Where is he going to be born? The Bible scholars that time in that same generation said, We know where it's going to be born, going to be born in Bethlehem. But in that same passage of scripture, it says, and the one born in Bethlehem will be the shepherd. He'll be the Messiah. The Messiah is the shepherd. Jesus comes on the scene, and he says, verily, that's the King James, most assuredly, that's, of course, modern language. But if you see, verily, it is Very important. So Jesus saying, heads up, listen up. I am the good shepherd. He didn't say I'm a good shepherd, a good shepherd. He said I'm the good shepherd. So it left no doubt in anybody's mind what he was claiming. He was claiming, you remember, back in the Old Testament, it speaks of the coming shepherd. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I am that person to come and to feed and to nourish and to protect. I'm the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. This is after undeniable proof of his ability. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, we referred back to the Old Testament passages. and said, how are you going to know when the Messiah is among you? Oh, blind eyes will see. Deaf ears will hear. People who can't walk are going to jump up and dance around. People who can't speak are going to sing praises to God. All that was happening. That had just happened. And there were people who were opposed to him that were trying to wave it off that he had a demon and he was not the one that the Bible had spoken of. Jesus refers to a biblical image to establish exactly who he is, the good shepherd, the coming Messiah, the son of God. But he goes further than that. Jesus appeals for a personal decision to follow him. You know, it's one thing to know about Jesus. I think everybody here knows about Jesus. It's another thing when We take that information we know about Jesus and we make a personal decision about what we're going to do with Jesus Christ and how we're going to respond to Jesus Christ. Look in verse 7 of John chapter 10. Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Listen to this. If anyone enters by me, personal decision, if anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the door to salvation. Now, here's how this works. Why would Jesus say he was the door? Well, as I mentioned before, the fold or the corral only had one entrance. Now, that's especially true when the uh, shepherds were out in the field, away from town, and a lot of times they would do that as they would go into the wilderness areas, the upper country, because the pasture land was better up there through different times of the year. And they would not live in town. They would have their sheep miles and miles away in the wilderness. Nighttime comes, they had to protect those sheep. So they would have either built up in their pasture range a corral out of stones or a lot of times it would be out of thorny bushes and they would have that corral there pretty high walls to keep out the lions and the wolves and bad men they would pull their sheep into there and they'd have one opening the shepherd would lay down in that opening So that anything that got to those sheep had to go through him. He was the door. Now, to us, we have to have the history lesson. But when he said, I am the door of the sheep, everybody knew what he was talking about. He was the gatekeeper. Nothing entered in and out of there without the knowledge of the shepherd. And once the sheep were in, they didn't leave there without having to go over the shepherd. He knew exactly what they were doing, where they were going. He had a thumb on them 24 hours a day especially at night when it was important. He said, I am the door. And he says this, if anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. Wow. The word saved here, I love this, delivered, safe, and sound. Jesus said, if you'll enter by me, you'll make a personal decision about who I am, You make a personal decision to trust me, I'll deliver you safe and sound. You see, the fold was the place of protection. And Jesus said there's a lot of dangers out there. There are thieves and robbers. Now thieves would come by stealth. Robbers would come by force. And he says they don't have any interest except to steal and to kill and destroy. And he says, there's a lot of things that can steal your joy. A lot of things that can steal your peace. A lot of things that can steal your sense of purpose. A lot of things that can steal your security. And Jesus said, why don't you come to me? And I'll protect you from all of that. And you'll get into this fold and you'll get into me and you'll be safe and sound. You see, the fold Jesus Christ offers the ultimate permanent protection. If you'll read a little bit further down chapter, in chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. I give to them eternal life. They will never perish. And listen to this, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Neither shall anyone ever snatch them out of my hand. He says, once you belong to me, I've got you in the grip of grace. I've got you. And he goes even further. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. Nobody's able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. He says that twice. He talks about the fold being ultimate protection, complete protection, and permanent, eternal protection. Jesus is the door to salvation. Jesus also is the door of an abundant life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's interesting. He'll be saved and go in for security. Now, once they were in the fold, they eventually would come out of the fold, but the shepherd would lead them out. And when the shepherd led them out, it was always to the pasture. It was always for what they needed. It was always the best for them. And when they followed the leadership of the shepherd, well, then it was always for their good. In verse 10, he said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. Look at this. And they might have it more abundantly. You know, we talked about eternal life, and we've mentioned this before. The concept of eternal life, as is discussed in the days of Jesus, is not just eternal as in length. It's eternal and is it's completeness. It's fulfillment. He said, I just don't want you to exist and live forever. I want your life from now on to be an abundant life. Jesus said it this way in chapter 15. Verse 11, he said this, These things I've spoken to you that you might have joy. And he said this, And that your joy might be full. Follow the shepherd, and they might have life abundantly. But so many times, this is not a description of people's life. Back in Ezekiel chapter 34, I want to read a particular verse that was mentioned again about the Lord being the Shepherd. But I read through this, and I don't know how many times I've read through this passage of Scripture through the Book of Ezekiel. But this just hit me like a just hit me like a truck, and I suppose it's because of the experience of dealing with people of all kinds. At all times. But but look at chapter 34, verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep, and I'll seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day that he is scattered uh, among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places where they are scattered. Listen to this. On a cloudy day. And dark day. My sheep are scattered, and it's a cloudy and a dark day for them. And so many people, every day is a cloudy and dark day. They never find joy and fulfillment in life. It's always a, a gloomy day. There's always the nagging problems. There's always a doubt there. So many people Jesus saw live in a cloudy and dark day, and He said, Those are the ones that I'm looking for. I'm searching for those people that are wandering around on a cloudy and dark day. I'm looking for them. And you see, the importance of the search in Jesus' heart is made clear in the previous chapter. If you remember, blind man was made whole. He could see. And the, from the moment he received his sight, the religious leaders started harassing him. They were right in his face. Can you imagine all the beautiful things you would like to see if you ever received your sight? And now he has all these all these angry faces right in here and they're all I didn't sign on for this. They're harassing him. They're harassing him to the point where they exclude him out of the synagogue because he keeps saying, this man opened my eyes. He's got to be the one. There's no other answer because of it. And because they opposed Jesus, they threw him out of the synagogue. But if you look in chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus heard they had cast him out, and when he had, what? Found him. You see, the other false shepherds harassed the man. Jesus looked for him, and Jesus looked for him and found him, and said, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe him?" Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So he looks for this guy, and he finds them. He finds them. Then when he finds them, he says, do you believe in the Son of God? So he looks for the lost sheep, and when he finds them, he says, do you believe? Would you like to come and enter the fold? Would you like to come in by the door and be delivered safe and sound? You see, that's the search. But in this passage of Scripture, we see another evidence of the search. Jesus is unwavering in his search for lost sheep, despite the constant opposition that he faces. If you turn back to chapter 5, we do a little walk through the book of John very quickly. Look how constant and how vicious it was. Chapter 5, verse 16. <clears throat> For this reason, what reason? Well, there was a sick man Jesus had healed. And it says the man departed and told the Jews Jesus had made him well. This is in verse 15. Another evidence of the Messiah. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Jesus answered them, my father has been working till now and I'm working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Not only because he broke the Sabbath, but he said God was his father making himself equal with God. Chapter 6, verse 41. <clears throat> Then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, isn't this Jesus, son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he says, I have come down from heaven? Chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. He did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Over and over, constant opposition. All too often, if you're in a position of leadership and you find yourself in constant opposition, you tend to always respond to the opposition. He didn't get tangled up with these people. They were constantly trying to discredit him. They were constantly trying to oppose him. He didn't get all caught up in that, although what he would do is very straightly say who he is straightly say what he was doing, and the opposition couldn't distract him because what he would do is get right back to searching for the sheep. Why is that? You remember a few weeks ago we looked in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. It said Jesus saw the crowds. He was moved with compassion because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. Jesus could have concentrated on the opposition. He could have always been wrangling with the ones who had tried to discredit him. And all of these were constantly clamoring for his attention. But what he'd do, he'd just let them go. And he would keep on with his search. Because his search was the most important reason he came to live among us. is the search for us. Search for the sheep who needed a shepherd, provide for them somewhere to go where they would be safe and sound. In this passage of scripture, he says this, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Other sheep I have that are not of this fold. I must bring them to. That's us. You see, the the fold he was talking about was of that day and time. He said, you know, I've got other sheep that are not here right now. He said, I've got to bring them. How would the shepherd call the sheep? He would always get their attention. Every shepherd had his call to get the attention of the sheep. A writer by the name of Philip Keller was a shepherd himself, and also went and stayed with shepherds back in Africa where they still did things in the most primitive way. And he said the sheep would be out there, and they would be grazing sometime. Sometimes, of course, as sheep and people do, they'd be butting heads to each other, and sometimes they would be all frantic because of uh, some bush that didn't look right or a noise that didn't look right. And the shepherd would raise his voice and get their attention. And here's what he said. Don't forget this. Anytime the shepherd raised his voice to call the sheep, it was always for their good. He always cared for their good. Whose voice are we listening to? Whose voice are we listening to? We got so many other priorities and so many other distractions that try to get our attention. And a lot of times, we won't listen to the shepherd. That is the one voice that always has our best interests at heart. Always. Who are you listening to? Jesus is calling for you and for me to know that place of safety, to come to that place of abundant life, to leave the dark and cloudy day And come into the fold. Are you there? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Do you believe in the Son of God? Jesus asked. Perhaps you're here and you've never accepted Christ. He's looking for you. He's calling for you. That's the good Shepherd. Now, for those of us been saved, maybe been saved a long time, who are we listening to? And whose voice are we trying to follow? Or have we lost? We lost. The range for Jesus' voice, because there's just so much going on. Jesus lifts up his voice, and he does it for your best interest and heart. Whose voice are we listening to? Are we going to follow Christ? Are we going to talk to him about that very specifically this morning as we stand and sing? What number?